0: Hey, everybody, I want to let you know that this October, I'm going to be teaching actually one of my favorite courses. It's a two day course called Career Visioning to help you hire the best people for growing and scaling your business. Talent is the number one ingredient to success. Career Visioning provides proven hiring systems to ensure that the best and the brightest candidates join your team and take your business to the next level. I'll take you through how to use behavior assessments to match talent to opportunities, master a comprehensive interview process that reduces the guesswork when evaluating talent, set up your new hires for success, and much, much more. The virtual course costs only $99, which includes course materials and two weeks of access to live recording after the course is complete. I look forward to seeing you on October 6th and 7th. There are limited tickets available, so make sure you register as soon as possible. To sign up, go to adamhergenrother.com forward slash events. Hey everybody, I'm Adam Hergenrother. This is Business Meets Spirituality. We believe in personal growth through business success. Today I am joined by my chief of staff, Hallie. Hallie, how are you?
1: Good. You have a, well, I don't know when this episode's going to air, but... Yes. Happy birthday! Happy belated birthday! Happy early birthday!
0: Depending on when it shows. Depending yes. on when it airs. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. We are airing this. I always like this when when people actually say the date they're actually recording it. I always mm-hmm. like that in, in podcasts sometimes. But we are recording this um, on August twenty fifth, so three days before my fortieth birthday. Yes. However, um, we wanted to dive in for one because we, I've been reflecting on this, and kind of walk through the four main lessons wisdom whatever you want to refer to that is that i've learned in my life over the for, past four decades for 40 right it's kind of yes. each decade um
1: be- okay before we get into that though a lot of people have uh, fear or anxiety around hitting these big milestone birthdays particularly yeah. 40 i would say 52 but 40 yeah. is kind of like the first big one i think yeah um especially cause 30 is like not that big of a deal anymore. It's like 40. So how do you feel about turning 40?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. You know, it is funny because I think, you know, the midlife crisis and really what I think people, um, and this kind of goes to the first one. I'll answer the question in a second, but I also think that, uh, you know, when people hear a lot of these things and these lessons, I think people hear lessons in their lives. And Kim, before we started, was kind of mentioning this too. And wisdom, I think, in general, is 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 taking somebody else's models or the way they do something, apply it to your life before you fully believe it. Because once you believe it and have that visceral contact with it, it becomes your wisdom. Because then you can share it. Like you can't share the wisdom of what a orange tastes like until you taste the orange. Then once you taste the orange, you have the wisdom, the knowing, the knowing. of what that is. So that's kind of what the purpose of this episode is today. Is to just kind of hey, here's mine, take it. Um, they're certainly not inventive. They're not new. There's things that you're going to hear. It's just going to be my context with with what it is. Um, I don't have a, you know, I didn't feel positive or negative about turning forty. I always look at this that I'm that I'm actually was able to celebrate. Up to 40 years old that I'm actually here this morning when we dropped our kids off for school I turned to my wife and I said hey congratulations for getting our kids this far mm, Because yeah. that's that's something that like I think we don't we're always looking in the future and I just wanted to say Hey, we're in this moment right now. We made it this far, right? Yeah, you know that's cool. 70 years ago people that were returning 40 like it was like you had 10 years left Well, maybe not 70 years, but you get my point not in a very long you know, not long time ago, yeah. hundred years ago, the average life expectancy was not, it is what it is today, um, especially healthy life expectancy.
1: Yeah, exactly. And that's
0: that's a bigger difference of how people can live.
1: I know you say you have not like the. I want to hear more about the turning forty thing because you have been saying that you're in your mid thirties up until <laughs> uh, like yesterday. I'm still in
0: my mid thirties. So <laughs> yeah.
1: So I feel like there's something about wanting to stay yeah. in your mid thirties.
0: Yeah. You know, I think that. Uh, um, you know, somebody asked me this the other day. They said, actually on, a, on an interview, um, I don't know if I told you this, they said, you know, do you think, would you have ever expected you're this far in your in your world? And I said, in on one note, I would expect that I was further. Mm. And on one note, I would expect that I was anywhere.
1: Yeah.
0: And and they were like, wow, that was really real. I never heard that answer before. Because that's just, the, that's just how I feel.
1: Did you have expectations of where you would be at 40? Well, I, I thought
0: maybe be... I was going to be, like if you'd asked me 15, I was going to be this big billionaire before I was 30. Yeah. Right. And then, but there's the other part of me that was like, that was just thinking there that i never thought I would ever be here compared to where I was the first 15, 16 years of my life. And so it's just kind of this reflective when people ask me that it's kind of like the 40, like, Hey, I'm here. That's great. I'm glad I'm here. What's the the alternative is that I didn't make it to 40. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I think it's not about the age that you are. I think the age, prompts self-inquiry. And that's why people go for midlife crisis because they pause and they go, hey, the 20s, just like you said earlier, the 30s is kind of like not a big deal. Like you hit your 20s and all of a sudden you're 30s. You're like, I still, got, I still got 10 years and you still are in your mind thinking that you have all this to accumulate. And then I think when you get in your 40s, you start to go, all right, maybe I'm not where I should be. And like, and then you start trying to figure out what can I do to feel better about myself as to where I am.
1: Well, I was going to say, not even, not like you don't feel like where I should be necessarily outwardly successfully, but just am I even in the right relationship? All of that, yeah. Am I living in the right place? Am I doing things every day that actually um, align with who I am?
0: Yeah, and I think if you... What I love that I think the greatest gift you can have for anybody is to have time. And I don't mean like you need 30 hours. I just think like if you take 30 minutes every single day to do self-inquiry, to ask yourself those questions, when you have bigger birthdays or bigger milestones or your kids graduate, any of those type of events that trigger that response, it's not going to show up nearly in the same way because you're already there. Meaning that you're not living in some future event. You're actually being much more present in the moment and actually enjoying where you're exactly where you're at. You know, and so when you can do that, then you know, for me anyways, um, 40 just represents a symbol, right? It's just a number that we kind of categorize and we can have fun with it and sure. And we can celebrate and you can do all those different things. But I didn't get down. I didn't get like, I don't feel like I need to go buy a motorcycle. I don't feel like I need to go, you know, on a vacation or any of those things because I'm truly, really joyous for everything that I do in my life right now. And I think a lot of that has to do with the introspective that you can have every single day.
1: And I was also going to say that you're not, you weren't waiting until 40 or 45 or 50 to to do any of those things. Yeah.
0: Which Um, that kind of goes with that work, you know, learn, play. It's just every single day. I don't want to live in these boxes. We've talked about this in the podcast before where most people live in these like big boxes. They learn and they're going to work and they're going to work for a period of time and then they're going to go play. I just woke up and and we talked about this. I think one of the coolest things and we can do a whole episode of this is what is play? Mm -hmm. Right. Because I see, you know, I've heard comments about when they have people have kids and this just recently actually. And they're like, man, I wish I could be a kid again. And I, kinda, I didn't say anything because it wasn't the right time, and I, but I reflected on that comment um, because it just maybe well, I'm turning 40 or whatever it is and uh, just kind of, but I would probably do that anyways. Just reflecting on the comment. And I go, you're seeing, you're envisioning, you're thinking that play has to be what they're doing, but you almost feel bad because you don't go play with the box. And my response to that is that it's not necessarily the play definition. It's what the kids are doing is they're not caught in some future event as to something can be better than today. And something can be better right now. So what you see kids being free spirited to play the box or play with, you know, you know, making bracelets or whatever they're doing, they're just playing because they're not caught in their mind. And as an adult, you look back and you say, I wish I could have that again. Well, you do. The only difference is you are so caught in your mind about thinking a future event needs to happen for you to feel good instead of actually playing in the moment. It's whatever you get lost in.
1: Yeah. And then, then what made me think about that comment about if somebody said, I wish I was a kid again, I think but why? Because is it really simply just about the play or is it because they don't have responsibilities yeah. somebody else is taking care of them? They don't have to make decisions. Yeah. They all, of, there's a lot that goes into that comment yeah, of, exactly. I wish I could be a kid again. I know. I know. <laughs> it's like really why?
0: <laughs> yeah. And then, and so then I would go back to, if you're thinking that way, you're not actually living and experiencing life mm-hmm. because what you're experiencing is the mind telling you that I wish I could be a kid again. And so therefore now you're caught in the feelings and the emotions. You're trying to drum them up of what it was like to live and be a kid again. And from this and just instead of just growing, you know, Maya Angelou, I think one of the best individuals that as she grew old was so radiant. And she just talked about how that the 60s, the 40s were amazing. 50s were awesome. 60s were amazing. She's like, the 70s, though, they were even better in the 80s. And I think she lived to like a little past 80, but Mm -hmm. I remember her doing an Oprah Oprah interview. And I don't know if it was 70s or 80s, but she's like, I've never felt so much joy and radiance in my life at this phase of my life. That's how it's supposed to be. It's not about, oh, I don't feel good. Yes, your physical body may have some changes. But it, you're, you're still able to really, truly enjoy every aspect of life. So when we think about birthdays and these decades of living these things, that's kind of the four choices here or are the four kind of, um, points of yeah, kind of lessons, lessons if you will, kind of insights, just things that I would reflect on. Um, so number one is birth, life and death, right? And so for me, when I, when I think about when, when Hallie stops me and says, okay, well, what are they kind of, what you're thinking about? And it's birth, life and death. That is also the kind of great, um, Kind of way that Zen tries to describe life, which is birth life and death and each of them are just different phases So you have this this phase of you're born, right? And then you have all this kind of life in between where you're trying to figure out what you are what you're doing Your growth and then there's death and I think that you need to recognize every stage of them and for me It's recognizing that I am in the I've already I'm born, right? We're all born because you're listening to this and we're in this life phase, right? We're in this life phase and we will get to the death phase
1: Right, and everyone's life phase is different. Yes, not di- I don't mean different different experiences, but also some people's life phases is twenty years. Yes, some is one hundred and twenty years. Yeah, and the
0: and the crazy thing is, I know it seem, doesn't seem like a time, but it is it is a second. It is a second in the yes. in the in the the totality of the world being here for four point eight billion years. The galaxies being here for almost fourteen billion years. I mean, four point eight billion years is like you read you know one paragraph or one word in a billion page book and you think you know life that's kind of how we operate is that we think that like oh i've got a whole lot you here for a flash i mean just a second right and even even if you live to 150 or 200 years old or 500 years old that last day or month or six weeks that you have you're going to think life went by so fast because it does it just goes by and it's just, it's just here, part of like the birth, life, and death experiences. you think of this in terms of like a circle. That's why the circle is one of the most powerful forms in the universe. It's why, you know, everything revolves in a circle. You blink your eyes, your heart pumps. Those are all almost circular motions because they're just kind of going through there. The earth is circle. The galaxy is kind of in a circle because and, and energy is a circle because it, it can stay still and keep moving forward. And that's kind of what life does. Life just is just moving and you're just here experiencing a certain point in time that it's moving. So when you, when you think about birth, life and death in that way, you're actually able to experience all of it. So it goes back to the people that win in poker every year, year after year are not better. They don't get better cards. They just play life's hand better. And that's kind of when I think about birth, life and death, you think about, Hey, what are the hands that are being dealt with me today right now in this moment? Am I feeling amazing? Am I not feeling good? Am I challenged? You just get to say, okay, great. These are the cards that are being dealt today, right now, not tomorrow. I don't need to focus on any of that. And you get to play those cards. And then just also in keeping the back of your mind, this is particularly in the last 15 years of my life, I've just been fascinated with death. And I'm not fascinated in terms of like where I go. Fascinated by the fact that like, let's not forget that we're all going to die period. And I, and I teach this to my kids and I teach this to our, our organization. As people know, I talk about it because what it should do, it's not a, it's not a mortality thing. I understand the physical body there. It's supposed to be like, if you're going to die, does that really matter? And it's really, it does, it gets you to actually experience the the, can, the hand that you're dealt. Well, so you're actually doing it.
1: Yeah. I was say everything is finite, obviously. Life, life everything is, is finite, but even you're talking about, um, your kids going back or back to school. And I think Maddie is kindergarten, kindergarten yeah. right I mean she's only going to be in kindergarten once exactly that's fine that's finite yes. and it's just interesting to I've been th- honestly thinking about time a lot as well lately yeah. and well, how s- fast it goes and you must experience it a lot watching your kids and all of a sudden they're five and you're like, what the heck had just happened in the past five years.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's like this fog happiness. I always joy that kids are like fog happiness. There's always a happiness, but there's lightning bolts in between. And some days mm-hmm. feel very long, but there's always when you look back, it goes by fast. And that's just life. Think about life on like the birth, life and death wheel. And somebody's just pedaling it. And you can't stop it. It's just pedaling. Like go try to stop life from changing. Mm-hmm. You can't. Go try to stop your body from changing. Every second, your cells are all changing, right? You're, you can rebuild your brain cells. Like every seven years, I think it is like almost every single cell in your body regenerates. regenerates. I mean, think about that, um, which is, which is, which is pretty fascinating. And that's just part of the cycle.
1: Yeah. So, you know, if I'm a listener or even if I'm just me being me, (laughs) I'm hearing everything that you're saying and I'm like, yeah, yeah, that makes so much sense. And then I'm like, but you know, but then there's the realities of your day to day. Like, how do you really really practice living like that and not again i'm hearing you hearing yeah, you say you don't take life for granted you're we're only here for a short period of time i get it but then how do you how do you really do that every day
0: yeah so i think it comes it's a great question Helen. i think it, what it comes down to is what what foundation are you living your life from that's it what foundation where is it what what's the intention behind it what's your foundation from this so if you're trying to deal with reality with with all the realities and what you're saying there is all the challenges and all the things that show up in life that you have right. to deal with, right? Yeah. Everybody has to deal with those. Those are the realities of life. What foundation are you, are you dealing with them from? That's why spirituality is not about changing what you do. It's to change the part of you that is doing it. When and you
1: say foundation, what do you mean by that?
0: Meaning what is your core foundation? Are you, are you, Are you, um, trying to live life in terms of trying to get something so you can feel better? Are you trying to get like, you know, come into business and so that you can grab things to make money so that you can feel better about yourself wrong with making money. We're going to talk about money as actually one of these things anyways, but the foundation comes from is, are you just happy? Enjoyous to be alive and now you get to deal with the cards that are held, dealt or are you gonna fight life? That's what I mean by the foundation from this There's two totally different paths you wake up every single day and you can choose you get to choose the option of I'm gonna I don't like what's going on in my life right now. So I'm gonna fight it I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm not I'm not liking my life So I'm gonna pretend that it doesn't exist or I'm gonna I'm gonna fight life I'm gonna I'm gonna be I'm gonna kind of just resist it right all and that's where stress comes in or you're gonna wake up and say I have some changes I need to make, but man, I'm excited. I'm excited to be making these changes.
1: So is it just an attitude?
0: You can call it an attitude or a behavior. It's, but I just look at it as your foundation of how you view life Mm -hmm. because you can, and it's like, you know, what is your expectations out of life? If you just wake up and you're like, man, I'm so happy. And particularly when I was sick for a period of time, I was just, I I couldn't wait, just feel great. And I woke up and now every day I wake up, I'm like, what a blessing to feel healthy. And even in my runs, like this morning, I ran the longest time since I was sick. And I was like, it started to get to the end. I was like, I'm tired. I'm just like, I'm so grateful that I have the ability to run right now. I don't care how difficult it is. That's what I mean by the foundation of this. You're going through like one of our businesses is going through a challenge which we're working through. And instead of being fighting and being all pissed off, I'm going, I'm so grateful I get to work through these challenges. And so it's just a foundation where you want, how your energy wants to be manifested into the world.
1: Um, I I got a question for you about the running as an example, because I felt like you already felt that way with about your health. You always felt and seemed very grateful about your health and knew how important it was and and were grateful that you could run up a mountain or go skiing or whatever. So did it just evolve to a different level after that was taken away from you for that seemed like a Several several, several weeks. It really, it
0: actually really did. It it really, and what it did is it grounded me further that health is not about, and that's why I sent that, I sent the message to our Project Youth folks, I think, believe, and actually we shared in one of our emails, that health, uh, I realized was not about like lifting five for me. It was not about 500 pounds lifting, having a six pack abs or being able to do an Ironman in four hours and 30 minutes, which, you know, I've, or, or 10 hours or whatever it is. Those are all great goals. Wait, did you
1: There's, do it, an Ironman in four hours? Not, enough, we're
0: not an Ironman, a half, but like, <laughs> yeah. or like a full Ironman in like nine hours or yeah. whatever you wanted to do. Those are great goals and those are awesome, but that's not what I wanted my, my health to be about. I wanted my health to be about how much energy do I have to do the things that I love? And that's what I realized. It was like, when I was sick, I was present with my kids, but I felt like shit. So therefore I couldn't really be fully there. Now, let me explain that. I couldn't, I was there fully, yeah. but I was, when you're feeling extreme fatigue and you're like, right, your you're energy, just, your is, energy depleted. is depleted, it's hard to like be truly engaging when they just want to wrestle with you. Yeah. And so that's what I, that's what shifted with me. And it's like, now I really enjoy the enjoyment of enjoying exercise. Right, And so it came, it just, and I was there, but it just brought it to a completely different level. And that's something that I would love just for people because to take you away.
1: Can, you're like, I can exercise, I can exercise I can today. Do this, yeah. 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 You know,
0: I was talking with somebody yesterday that was on one of my job sites and he said that, you know, his, he has used to ask him about my health and he's about the same age as me. And he said, he just, he has managed to hit home. Like, my, uh, it wasn't his father, but, um, either his father-in-law or his uncle, like just had a stroke that morning or oh, the man. day before. And he was like, I'm on the phone with him this morning. And he's like, man, his, his, his uncle told him, he said, you know, you just don't realize what you have health wise until it's gone. He goes, I can't even drink my coffee. I can't sip it. All I wish I could do is just be able to drink my own coffee. Mm-hmm. It's just, that's what I mean by like, you well we all keep saying that birth, life and death, but like health is really important for those things. Yeah. But until it's gone, right. You don't realize it now you can accept if something happens, you accept it and you learn to deal with it. My point is, until that's happening, enjoy what you have.
1: Right. And, right? and make the most of it. Yes, exactly, by exactly. taking care of yourself. Yeah.
0: Yes. And and so that's the this kind of wheel that life understand. You know, I always go back. One of the first real books that I read was Tuesdays with Maury. I don't know if you ever read that book. You know, I never have. It's a really good. I actually think that was one of the first books I cried in. You know what the other book that I cried in? i um, never cried at reading a book. No, oh, I have. Um, <laughs> was Tuesdays with Maury's and also... Um, Adam Brown's book. I
1: was going to say I actually tear yes. up a little bit during Adam Brown's book. I'm yes, fearless. I need to re-
0: fear this. I need to read yeah. that again. I, I, remember, I did read it
1: about a year ago. Yeah, yeah, it was
0: such a such a good book. Um, but talk about a guy going through an instance where he actually dies, and because it tells you that in the first like, chapter of the book, anyways. Yes. Um, but like he actually dies, but like was so grateful dying like being able to serve his country for what he was doing. But just like that, that's the foundation of where you get support from. So that's like kind of this understanding birth, life and death is that we're all in this continuum and it's just pushing us forward. And we really have no control of this push, do we? We have, I mean, yes, we have control of how we, their choice, but life is just kind of pushing you along mm-hmm. and it may push you to an early death, a late death, a problem, say, all these different things. And they're just there for you to enjoy. So that's the process of birth, life and death. And then actually just reconciling with it and being accepting of death now. So you can truly live. We've heard that phrase before, but that's just really what it means, right? It's the ability to say, okay, I'm going to accept the fact that I'm going to die anytime. Anytime could be today, you know, the, in a lot of the Zen traditions, they actually walk around with this Not like uh, that's debilitating. They walk around with this with this phrase of like having somebody walking around them with a spear or the with, with a sword right. Suspended above their head. So it, and they realize that at any point in time that spear could drop or the sword could drop, right? right? Just and it's, just, it's just another reminder. yeah, just yeah. another way of being like so why don't I enjoy this? Because if you had a day left you would just be enjoy every interaction
1: Right. Is this the last time I'm going to have coffee with exactly. my Exactly. Or, or the is last time the I, last... I can actually
0: drink coffee. You yes. know, when I was sick, one of the things that I was thinking about, was like, is this the last time that I was able to run? Like, cause mm-hmm. when I was laying there, I was like, you know, this is how, this is how it goes. Like all of a sudden you just wake up one day and you end, you're you all of a sudden you need to go to the hospital and you get labs back and they tell you like, Hey, you know what? You've got cancer or whatever it is you have. Right. And it's just like, I don't know. It just happens that fast. I know. And so that's my whole point of, of a birth, life and death is that wheels pushing and spinning and it's going to come at some point. So why don't, instead of trying to prevent that it doesn't come, because that's what we want to do. And we then don't, we
1: just get to choose how we interact with that that's exactly as the right. wheel is spinning. Yeah. Exactly
0: right. So that's yeah. the kind of the birth, life, and death experience. So number two?
1: Oh, that's a good, that's a good lesson. Yes. I yes. feel like I'm going to go reflect on that quite a bit <laughs> when I go home. Um. I guess like hey, the next one.
0: Yeah. And this was number the, the birth, life and death really was probably the last decade of my life. Um, Cause it, it gave me a lot of more of just reflection on it. But number two, no limits, no regrets. was, I actually have this sign. I think it's in my office somewhere.
1: We don't have it in here. Anymore. Actually, no, I think it's behind you. Oh yeah. It's right, yeah, it's right
0: there. Right there. Um, but I had this sign of no limits, no regrets. Basically the first couple years that I had that I built, we started our business. Um, it was back then just a handful of employees and stuff. But I had this sign that I posted there, no limits, no regrets. And the reason I had that there was, it's kind of like the regret minimization um, formula that Jeff Bezos has where, and a lot of people have, I think Warren Buffett has the same one where it's basically like, if I don't do this and I'm sitting in my rocking chair when I'm 80, 90, whatever it is, am I going to re- regret not doing this? Not I, doing I was going to
1: say this as an aside, my dad actually taught me that one as he definitely did not call it the regret minimization framework, but that is literally how I grew up with the in life is him always saying, okay, is this really going to matter Five minutes from now, five days yeah. from now, five years from now, 50 years from now. Okay, let's move on.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's great. I mean, and that's that's it's wisdom, right? Because yeah. I mean, the reality is, is, you know, I was... Um, uh, I was talking to a very successful entrepreneur last week in this area and he's like in his mid 70s now and he just asked me about what he I can just tell he's at he's re- really reflecting on his mortality right now like really it's really fascinating and I was just telling him about some of the challenges like yeah a lot of our clients hate us right now in construction because things are delayed and blah 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 they're just pissed at us and that's just part of the construction and he's like you know what Adam he's like you're, you're intense there and he's like it'll all pass in a very short period of time and it won't even it'll just be like it never happened it'll just pass. And it was like, I was like, yeah, you're right. He's like, because all of a sudden you're going to wake up and you're going to be 50 and then 60 and then 70 and then almost 80 or whatever, you know, mid seventies. And he's like, it's not even really going to matter. And that's the kind of like the no limits, no regrets is like, okay, like, yes, you could fold in and maybe you're not experiencing the level of success that you need but do I stay with it? Yes or no. That's the choice you can do. Is there a, is, you know, that no limit is just like, and this, this isn't just business. This is like everything, right? This is kids. This is like, you know, what kind of marriage or no marriage do I want to have? Right? Like it's just, it's asking the questions. It's that self-inquiry question. That's why we start with birth, life and death because it kind of goes with this is like, how do I bring that aspect into my life?
1: About the no, the regret. Yeah, the just regret like piece. no limits
0: yeah. in, in the in the no regret piece on that. The no limit piece on this is just like why would I ever put a limit on my thinking?
1: Yeah. I, I feel like that one was really huge when I first met you. Yeah. Was the we almost built some of the original companies around yeah or, or, not, or not built them around that but that was a lot of the, Ooh, the, Logan, like the, no,
0: the slogan was like no limits <laughs> no <Logan>. yeah, no.
1: <laughs> yeah it was this the slogan and the logos and the just our messaging and really our yes. mission was this li- yeah. living this limitless life I mean we still believe that
0: oh absolutely um, it's just I a mean different
1: slightly different language but that was like the cornerstone yes. of everything. No limits. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think even some of the first pod, like not podcasts, even like YouTube videos we're doing, we were like, there were like no limits. We'd start off with that. Yes. And part of that was cause it was, it was in my life. Um, and we'll kind of get to that in the next one. But in my life, I felt like I had limits a lot of times in my life where I'm like it purely about thinking, right? And I mean, no limits mm-hmm. about like, that's why I loved, that's why when I kind of, really kind of took off in that phase. Like I started climbing Kilimanjaro. I would just white water raft. I would do Ironmans. I would just do retreats for 10 days, whatever it is that you wanted to do. I was like, man, that sounds awesome. I'm just going to go do it like whatever it is. And at the same time, I'm, I'm also going to go have kids. I'm going to get married. I'm going to start businesses because I just don't want to have, I don't want anybody putting a limit on my thinking, right? doesn't mean I'm always going to do it, but just there's so, you know, what it really comes down to, howie is that so many of us, ingest or just take into other people's thoughts, um, their interpretations of things or how they view life. And then we take that in and think that's how we should view life. And my whole point there is the no limits in there can really be expanded to understand that, which is that, and, and maybe it's a better way of saying it today is that no, you shouldn't get trapped in other people's thinking, which is what people do. And you should think for yourself. And I, I and you know, for my kids, I remember, I might have shared this one point, but one of my, um, like two years ago when Asher was in kindergarten, he's in second grade now. When he was in kindergarten, one of the teachers said, Hey, what do you want Asher to learn from here? And I actually wrote in the thing, I said, I want him to be able to critically think for himself. I don't want anybody to tell him how to think. I want you to teach him. Um, I don't want anybody to tell him what to think. I want you to teach him how to think. Yeah. And that's what I try to instill with all of our kids. And that's what I mean by no limits is that you're able to actually articulate and go you know what, Hallie's is doing this 75 hard. That's awesome. That's great for her. Do I want to do that? Does it fit me? Or do I want to change that? Or do I just want to do it because Hallie's doing it, right? I mean, what's, so that's just a slight example, but people are just living other people's lives so much because we're just ingesting, teachers gave us, parents gave us, important people in our lives, role models that we don't really understand the totality of what they're actually doing.
1: I know because you're saying all this and I go, I hear you and- sometimes like either earlier in your career or when you are just like testing things out, you have to, I think sometimes you have to try on to totally people's ideas. And then you've from, from trying them on and saying, okay, I kind of like that. I kind of like that. I am listening to other people and, and testing it out in my own life. And then I'll decide what I want to keep.
0: Well, that's different. Okay. And that's exactly <laughs> what you should do. Okay. Here's the thing is there's a lot of really good models and systems and people have done it before you. Right. So go test those, but don't just accept them because you're lazy. So what a lot of people do is they hear one of them and they stop iterating. They stop trying to advance their life. And so they put a limit on their thinking because they just adopted that fixed way of thinking instead of going, all right, I'm doing this now. Let me just go try this model over here. And you may come back and go, "Ah, that doesn't work for me. Right.
1: Right. Or even, um, I think actually Eric mentions that he does this a lot. If you have a belief or you are thinking about adopting a certain model or or whatever, um, actually going and looking at the alternative viewpoint or the opposite viewpoint, to get the full picture before you actually move forward and do something about it exactly
0: that 's exactly yeah. right, I mean,
1: which is critical thinking and strategic thinking yeah, yeah.
0: and that's what I mean so it 's not about not following people's models or advice that's not what we 're saying you should actually follow people 's models and advice, but then make sure if it's not fitting you that you change what I'm thinking most people just accept it have it already accepted it, mm-hmm. and they're just living that out right instead of actually pushing the envelope and go. Maybe I should think a little differently. Maybe I I should try this, or maybe I should go deeper in spirituality, whatever it is, right? I'm going to go play with that for a little while. So just don't put a limit there.
1: I have a little question, comment about the no limits. (laughs) So for whenever I hear no limits or living a limitless life, all of that stuff, I, for me, it immediately means doing whatever I want Mm -hmm. to do and being able to do whatever I want to do with the people that I want to, when and where I want to, Right. And I'll say that sometimes to people who are close to me and they say, well, that's not possible if you have kids or if you care about other people at all. Um, But particularly the kid thing comes up a lot with that. I don't have children, so I can do whatever I want right now. But what are your thoughts on that? How do you reconcile that no limit and do whatever you want in my case? And what if I do have kids or for people who do have children? how does, you can't always do whatever you want.
0: Yeah, I think there, there's the there's separating the mechanics of life versus having no limits in terms of how you can feel, how you can achieve, how you can succeed, how you can grow, how you can think. Those are difference. Those are, those are core components of how you act and how you contribute to life versus, yes, if you have kids, you're going to have you're going to have responsibilities mm-hmm. that are going to prevent you from doing what you're, I'm not talking about doing like activity wise, though that can be a subset of that thinking. Yeah. I'm referring more to as that core, which is what we talked about birth, life and death, right? The foundation of who you are, that foundation, you can have kids and still have no limits. Right. What, so let me just ask you that you can do the same thing. It's like, somebody says, it's the kind of ingestion that you're almost doing. Somebody said, well, you can't travel with kids. How many times did I hear that? I started traveling when I was, when my kids were six months old with yeah. my kids.
1: Yeah. That's actually a good one. Cause like, so it's
0: like, no, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to believe that. Or when I was, I was growing up, people would be like with kids they, like, well, you can't do anything on the weekends anymore. You're not gonna be able to ski because you have all those birthday parties. And I said, no, that's not what we're going to do. We're actually going to go skiing because my kids enjoy that more than they do the birthday party. And it doesn't mean I'm not keeping my kids in births parties. They go to them, but we don't have to go to seven of them on a weekend. Right. So people have just accepted other people like, Oh, I have to do this. That's what I mean by no limits. Is that, is that true? Maybe it is for you.
1: I don't believe it's true. I just think it's interesting that that's a lot of what I, what I hear. Well, because
0: that's how they think and it's fixed and they want to share that on you because if they have that viewpoint, then you should have it because that's the reality of how they see life. Right. Right. And so that's that we're, those are mechanical aspects of life. Really the root is, having a, having a limit, having no limits on your life is to truly be able to think critically about whether or not this works for my life regarding of the mechanicals that I have. You have kids, you have a job, you have responsibilities. All those things are part of it, mm-hmm. but you still have a choice in terms of your thinking ability from that. And that's really what it comes down to is remember I started off as saying, I don't want to, nobody to ever put a limit on my thinking, not what I'm actually doing with actions. Yes. There's the truth to it. That is it harder to do those things with kids? Absolutely. Can you not, can you still do it? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, everything, I mean, hiking, everything. I put my kids in a backpack. I mean, it, we just didn't, this didn't stop us from doing that. Um, so that's a kid piece. And the same yeah. thing for running your business. People are like, well, if I ever start a business, I won't be able to, no, that's not true either. Maybe for a period of time, but it's different. So you can also run your business the way you want it to. Yeah. I absolutely. mean, all of those things. So even all I, I think
1: about it on the limit on the thinking, but to me the thing the thinking then translates into the doing, mm-hmm. and however you're thinking is how you're going to then structure your life. Yes, and I don't want limits on either one. Exactly. <laughs> yeah,
0: because you can. I mean, again, there's 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 structural things that we, responsibilities that we have to do in life, right? But you can still think about how clearly and freely about how you go about those things. Mm-hmm. That's the big one. All right, since number three.
1: We're going to talk about being selfish and what that has looked like over the course of your 40 years.
0: Yeah. So I think... um, And what you've learned. Yeah, what's really important is in the first... It's really funny when I think about this in my, my life for like, basically, I don't know, maybe seven or eight years old up until I was like 17, 18, 19, maybe I was really uh, maybe more like 16 or 17, but I was very selfish in the, in the negative context of selfish, meaning that I would <laughs> some examples, like I would like have, go pick somebody up and then I would stop at the gas station. Instead of me stopping beforehand, I would wait till I pick them up and I'd say, Hey, do you mind filling the gas tank up? And it was all strategic because I felt like I needed to get something from somebody so I could win and they could lose, right? And it's little things that, Or like, I would, go to the, I would go to a store and I would be like, hey, I forgot I don't have any money on me. Like, can you spot you from this? Whatever it is. Or I would, you know, somebody would go to the store and say, hey, do you want me to pick you up something? I would never offer to give them money because I always feel like I was trying to get something from somebody, right? Mm-hmm. So I felt like in that phase for a long period of time, I was, I don't, I don't know why I did that. I know. I'm, you know, I'm so was, curious. Yeah. Well, it was just, it was... I don't know if it was like I would needed a win so they could lose to make myself feel better or did you ha- were just you having- hoarding money. Yeah, I was like say, Was there some scarcity no, mindset around I mean, money? It could have been, yeah. Or just that money was, was you know, at that stage I thought money did everything for me. Which, right, so you
1: wanted to keep as much as possible. Yes, because I thought yeah. that, like,
0: if I had more money that I had, the better. Like I was winning somehow. Like yeah. getting money from you made me winning.
1: Because interestingly, all the, the examples you used all related to money.
0: Yeah, it was, yeah, right? It yeah. was. Um, well, even like with time. Oh, like I okay. was still, I would leverage people, but in a selfish way, like, Hey, can you go get the groceries for me? Or can you go make my dinner? Or, like, I even used my mom when I was in college to go do my laundry. Now that's just a slight yeah. example, but like <laughs> she was willing to do it. But yeah. like, I, I literally would use her and I would use, I would use people at my own gain at their, their, their expense. Gain. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's kind of what I would do. And it just naturally kind of do it. It actually, the, the gift in all that though, later on was that I learned how to leverage really well.
1: Yeah, that's and, so and when I
0: actually was able to articulate how to use that for good, it allowed me to leverage very easily in my life because I never. That's why I say I'm inherently lazy. Actually, it was kind of almost an inherent trait that I had that I then used for good later on to become a better leader, which allowed me to easily give up control. Of a lot of things to give it to other people, which then made me successful in leadership because I was actually doing that. So it's actually kind of a cool which gift that came full circle.
1: Very interesting. It's such a great example of what you always talk about. It's not about what you do; it's about um, how yes. you're doing it. Or, or yeah, that right?
0: yeah, that foundation. Yeah, that foundation.
1: Because what you were just telling me is that you used people. Yes. But now you're literally doing the exact same thing, but it.
0: I'm still using people, but just differently. The intention
1: behind it is completely different. That's exactly right. There is a mutually beneficial relationship there. There's a give and take. Yeah.
0: And they want me out. (laughs) Right. Yeah. yeah. And they don't want me in there. Right. So it's like, I just learned that whole phase. So it's not about what you do. It's the part of you that's doing it. Right. And that's the intention, that purity, that foundation that we've kind of, that theme that runs through all three of these so far, right. Of where that is.
1: So then you were, let's say you're getting, get into your twenties. Yeah. How did that selfishness start morphing? Because we do talk about selfish now. like, um, we have talked on the podcast before that we self being selfish isn't a bad thing. Yes, but the way you described it, I would say that's probably kind of a negative, that's the negative side of selfish, but there's a positive side to that. So how has your selfishness evolved over the years?
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of like the, the negative side of selfish. Now we look at being selfish. It's about being selfish with your time so that you can grow yourself to have a bigger impact on people. And so what I mean by that is, and I think a lot of people um, I see this more in women in my organization, but I'm sure this happens with men too. But just women and have a generality in my perspective. You can correct me if I'm wrong. Oh, I will. Um, tend <laughs> to not um, not give time to themselves. They're they're naturally wanting to give everybody else everything and not leave any time for them. Um, just in doing all project you that I all the events and getting to know really people in depth. I see that way more. With, with women who feel they need to go do everything and never give themselves any time. And so part of that selfishness comes in there is that you actually, the greatest gift you can give yourself is time. I don't mean the whole day. Maybe you need it. I, I mean, every day you need to give yourself time. Mm-hmm. That's why that 30 minutes, an hour in morning, middle of the day, evening, whatever it is for you, give yourself that time for self-inquiry. How's my life going? <laughs> Right. Every day I journal about that. What's the impact of my life? How am I doing today? How did I do yesterday? Right. How do I need to show up today so that I'm constantly bringing that awareness into my life and that selfishness when you're reading a book or you're exercising or you're meditating, will have a, will have a, um, a, a, a geometric effect on the people around you, because as you change, you naturally start changing anybody. It doesn't matter if you're a leader, an employee, or you know you're volunteering as, or you're, or your stay-at-home mom with kids, which is the hardest job in the world, by the way. I don't. Want, that's amazing how people can do that. Um, and so as as whatever you're doing as a profession or a, or a job that you have, regardless of you're being paid for it, the more you can work on yourself, the more you naturally bring everybody else up. And that's just, that's just part of like, you just, it's like a vortex that pulls people up because of your changes.
1: And I think that from the outside that can often look like selfish on the surface.
0: Yeah. Well, I think people, I don't actually think from the outside people think that's selfish. I think the majority, well, think so sometimes. Yeah. I think the majority though, that's inside people's head. They're going in their, their voice inside their heads going, I can't provide time for me or exercise because that would be being selfish. I think more of that self-talk is more debilitating than what people are saying. Cause I don't really hear people saying that. And maybe they do that. Like I'm selfish or that, or even other people like, cause whenever I, I'm experiencing that I'm working with somebody, I don't, I'm like, would anybody think you're selfish? And they're like, no, not at all.
1: Yeah, possibly. But I also think that it, we again, sometimes operate in a very unique ecosystem with the people that we tend to surround ourselves with. I agree. None of them would seem to think that selfish, but if we got outside of that a little bit, um, you know, and maybe it's not so, so much selfish, but I can see people's being, um, what's the right word? I don't want to say envious, but, um,
0: well, that could be judge, true.
1: Judging. Yeah. I mean, like, well, that's going to oh, happen. Must, must yeah. be nice. That person can spend two hours reading yes. and journaling and exercising for themselves. That's selfish.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's, I, I
1: can see that. Yeah, I happening.
0: think, yeah, I think that's probably more, um, envy than it is them kind of referring whatever the people want to dress that sure. up as for a word is fine. But the reality of what that comes down They're to judging is it,
1: that it's being selfish. Yeah, I, I mean,
0: people are judging everybody because they don't want to judge themselves. And so that they just deflect anything that they're doing for themselves as how could somebody else be doing better, how could they have time, and they reflect some sort of distraction off of them and put it on somebody else.
1: Yeah, and I completely agree that the only reason someone would be saying that, I mean, believe me, I've said it before, I'm yeah. sure, about other people, um, the only reason I'm saying it about somebody else is because I am... Uh, mad at myself for exactly. not having made that time. It's exactly and so right. I'm gonna judge them for yeah. making the time. How
0: dare they do that? How dare must they? Must be nice.
1: Yeah, exactly. Maybe I mean, we've hear, all done yeah. that.
0: I hear that sometimes. Like, oh, it must be nice to have your I'm not it's like, well, you can anybody can have anybody's life, right? You, you, yeah. can, you can have whatever life that you want to live, right? So, I mean, it's, it's what, it, so what it comes down to is that you need to find that time. So, for me, it's about being selfish so that I can have a bigger impact on my family, my kids, everybody right? So that I can really do that. Uh, and that's the selfish that I think is really important for people to have, particularly now. And I think more people need to put more selfishness in their life. Look, if you want to call a girl's night or a guy's night or some personal time, that's just another word of selfishness, right? That's being selfish. You're saying I need some personal time. That is, you're being selfish with your time. So you can have a bigger impact. We need to stop using that word as a negative connotation, unless it's actually being used like I described before, right? Yeah, yeah. And actually being used to saying, Hey, I need to go like, there's, people need their, their space. People need their opportunity to read and grow so they can have bigger impact. Otherwise you're just, you're, 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 you're not growing to the same extent that you can. And that'd be putting a limit on your ability to grow.
1: Yeah. We, you had also mentioned it right before we got on the podcast about how you, when you shifted from this, I'm going to, we'll just say hoard money to start being more strategic about giving and just giving in general. Um, what happened during that? shift.
0: Yeah. I and mean, that was like in yeah. your
1: late twenties, late twenties. It's really kind of when I, throughout your thirties. Yeah. yeah.
0: It's a pretty, I, and most people probably heard that story when, you know, when I thought money, like money was going to give me all the joy and everything in my life. And when I hit like 27 or 28, I made like a half million dollars in income. And I thought for sure that like life was like, going to give me a present and I was going to feel a certain way. And then I realized in that moment that money, and we're going to get into this in a second, doesn't actually change the way you feel. So then I actually started giving more of it. Right. so instead of actually, even today, when I give, like, I feel like, wow, man, how did this change so much? Cause yeah. I used to come from so from not, and now it's like, you know what I actually, you know, what's really fascinating is when, when we were building our organizations and money got really tight, I would go and give, mm. I didn't want to like every part of me said, no, yeah. but I would go and give. And then somehow it would just miraculously, it would come it would back. Come back. It, wouldn't, it wouldn't come back. Like, here's your money back. It may be like the form of somebody offered you to a speaking event event that gave you 15 grand or somebody, you know, a hire came into your life that all of a sudden then started producing more income for your business. So it comes back in different flavors, but it's actually one of the things we was talking about with, with my son the other day, we had a daddy weekend is uh, is like, you know, the more you can give in life, the more it comes back and it may not come back the way you expect it, but it'll come back. And so it's always about this giving. Um, and, and the, the, the secret to living is giving tony robbins wrote that one down right when he was like going through his big thing i'll never forget that line he pulled over the side of the road and he's like the secret to living is giving and he's bawling <laughs> and he actually what he did is he gave away all his last money right if you remember that story I do, yeah and then like he went to his mailbox and like the guy that owed him like fifteen hundred dollars it was in his mailbox yeah. like from like two years ago and it just happened to come in that day right so it's like would it have been there if he hadn't give i always ask myself oh. that like, whenever we give i'm like well that would that have that have happened if I hadn't have strategically given. Right. So it's just kind of funny. Um, all I can say is that the more you're going to contribute and that's just another form of giving so of giving doesn't have to be money, right? right? Giving can be your time. It could be your attention to somebody. Yes. It could be even doing a podcast. Yep. It could be doing interviews because now you're giving to the, the world for your knowledge. Whoever wants to listen and people don't like you, that's fine. Right. But there's so many different ways to contribute and give that way. But if your intention is behind it, right? If your intention behind your giving is so that I can get, and that's the only reason why you're doing it, you may happen, but like over time, you may start to realize you actually get more fulfillment out of actually giving than, than not. Um, and so even though that you may be at first giving so you can get even in the back of your mind, yeah, cause I did that, right? I was like, oh, yeah. if I give, then I should get back.
1: Right. Or if I give, I'm going to, be, I'll be a good person. And then other yes, that's exa- and good exactly. things will come to exactly. me. Exactly. Right? And it's like, you're
0: saying like, I'm only giving cause of this. And then you start to realize like, wow, what a, it's pretty cool to give. And it doesn't have to be big, big dollar amounts, man. I tell you a hundred dollars, here's another staple that I have in my life around giving. And this kind of goes with our fourth one. If you want to actually introduce that one, um, which I think, you know, the, the so the, the, first one is birth, life and death. The second mm-hmm. one is no limits, no regrets. The third one, um, is kind of being selfish, that whole kind of concept. I think we covered that the fourth one is money. And when I think about it is because money has changed so much in my life. And really what I mean about money is, uh, what is it? What, what is it used for? What, what does it do?
1: Well, I was gonna say money has, you just said money has changed your life in so many different ways. And then I also think, you have changed your because ideas of mo- yes, around money yes, in so many different ways. Yeah.
0: When I, when I first started, I thought money was everything. That's why in that whole yeah. selfish category, it yeah. was about how much money can I hoard? Like I need money to feel good and to be successful and to prove to everybody and to, you know, to get anybody to like me, I need money, all these different kind of things that we have that we, we go out there. Um, and then you, you kind of, then that's when in the twenties, kind of woke up and realized like, Holy shit, money does nothing of that. <laughs> It just money it really just exaggerates who you are. If you're an asshole, you're going to be a major asshole. If you're a giver and caring and your intentions pure, you're going to continue to do that. So I ultimately came down to money is just a big tool, right? It's just a tool in your life, a, an important one, right? In our organizations, we have 51% culture, 49% profit because organizations need to make profit people need to make money to live in the mechanical part of it, right? At least now in today's society, maybe in some future society, we don't, but right now we need to make money in order to be able to do things. And that's fine. It's nothing wrong with money. The, the, and this is where it goes back to the theme of all four of these in my life has been what part of you is doing it. So if you're, if you're gaining money so that you can feel better about yourself in terms of who you are at the core, not feel better that I'm on a vacation. Cause it's fun. I don't mean that fun that feeling I mean that if you're trying to obtain money or status in anything just for keeping us at money to really make you feel better you'll never win that game you'll never ever win the game of money and money will always own you because there will always be a next level of money
1: Right. And there's always going to be somebody who has more. Always has more.
0: And then all of the things happen. Like you just, like you, you come into a hundred million dollars. Then all of a sudden like you buy a new house, but then you start looking around and like, but they have a better house and over here and now I should probably get a yacht because now that that's the next thing I do. It just doesn't end. It doesn't ever end. If you can't control and understand what money is, and there's nothing wrong. If you have the money, you want to go buy a yacht, buy one. If you want to have a plane, buy a plane buy my house Buy the house. We're not, I'm not saying that. That's why I never ever tell you what to buy or do. Just understanding the impact of what money actually is. If it's a tool, yes, planes allow you to save time. They're amazing. It's one of the best, greatest gifts that money can actually buy in terms of time, right? That's wonderful. But if you're doing that to change who you are, like you're posting on social media because I'm so amazing that I'm in this and look at me, look at all this stuff. That's different. <laughs> and it's a completely different way of using that vehicle or that tool. Right. And that's what, that's the difference between understanding really what money is and having money. Cause y'all know the people that have money. They have some wonderful, things. Like I know one of the most wealthiest person in Vermont, he's got an amazing place. He's got a couple different planes, but he's not like posting. Like, you know, I always, this just coming to plane. I was like,
1: also going to say it's a different generation. They're, they don't, they don't post Yeah, on but social like, media It's anyway. not even social
0: media, but it's not, they're not, they're not like, they're not like trying to say, look at this, look what I have.
1: Okay. This is from, this is from real housewives, <laughs> but you might like this quote. I can't remember who says it. Um money talks. Something like money talks wealth whispers.
0: Yeah. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Well, wealth needs no I mean it, we did that kind of episode, right? Where we talked about money and yeah. it's people, you know, rich is showing people what you have. Mm. Wealth is um pretty much undiscoverable for most people. Yeah. 'Cause people don't see your IRA accounts so or how many properties exactly. you owe, the debt that you have on it versus, you know, somebody could have a two million dollar house, but somebody could have a one point nine million dollar mortgage on it, or you could have it owned and free and clear. Right. And you still have the house and people see it like, wow. But somebody's going home every day going, man, I have a lot of debt on this. What happens if something happens? Right. So there's a difference between, and that's just really changed how I view money. And also it's also helped me reflect on my life, like how I use money today. I, I, and again, I love money. I love being able to contribute. I love being able to give, I love being able to use money for different vacations. Cause we have it, but if I didn't have it and I, and I, and I didn't, my, my joy or how I look at money in life would not change. And that's the, that's the difference.
1: Yeah. There's something that you had just mentioned too. just makes me think that about how we just judge people all of the time. And maybe you don't, but I, I certainly do. And think in general as a society we do. Cause even as we were just talking about, well, that person has a house, but maybe they have a ton of debt or this, they've got yeah. this big yacht. And so they must be showing off, showing off. Yeah. That's actually us just judging them. What, yeah, if, absolutely. what if they have that beautiful house and they have zero debt and exactly. their wealth in the bank is like, you know, $500 million and they're doing great. Yeah. But yet we're saying, oh, they probably have debt and whatever. I don't know. My whole con- concept yeah. is we really, we know, know what.
0: No. And you need to get, and or, even if somebody has a bunch of debt, stop judging them. Yeah. Let them live their yeah. life. And it actually even go the same because then if they say, well, they have $500 million, they don't owe any money on this, they're making a bunch of money, you go, oh, it must be nice. That yeah. would be the next comment. Right. See, so there doesn't end. Yes. That's my point. Yeah. The foundation of how you live your life. That's kind of the core concept of all of this. How do you want to live your life? Do you want to live your life out of that, from that place? judgment, anger, volatility with how the, again, birth, life, and death, the world is just being peddled. You're not peddling it, right? You don't make the sun come up and down, right? It's just moving. It's going to move whether you're here or not, or whether you like it or not, it's just going to move. Then you get to decide, how do I want to interact with that? And that's the fundamentals of all of the four concepts that we're talking about here is how do you want to interact with life, mm-hmm. right? Which part of you wants to interact?
1: Right. And money is just a tool to help you interact.
0: That's exactly right. And it's fun.
1: With the lights yes. moving forward.
0: Yes. But, you know, I I use um, story worthy for my mom and dad about asking questions. So story, if you have, story worth. Story worth. Yeah. I like story worthy.
1: It's the same yes. thing. But um, It's great. My parents have it
0: too. Yeah, it is. It's really cool. And like my mom, who's the most unassuming person in terms of she doesn't really care that much about money. She never has, right? I remember when I was building my business, I was like, hey, mom, can I borrow like 20 grand to do this? She would just give it to me instantly. <laughs> without not even ask anything. She takes it to your account. Right. And I always paid her back. But like I was like, hey, I need to buy this property, like, and then we're, we're low on this thing. Can I borrow some money? And she would do it. My dad would too, actually, by the way. He'd he would loan it to me. Um, he was actually he'd loan me eight grand to start her first business and I paid him back for it. But like, yeah, she would always do it no matter if she didn't have any money. She's making forty grand or fifty grand or whatever it was, and she'd give me whatever amount of money that I needed that she had available. It's like it's all years. Like she could just care less. Yeah. And she didn't ask me what I was going for, what secure she just said, take it. And she would just deal with it because that's just, she just wanted to give, right? Yeah. You know, and it's and it's and it's and it's fascinating about that so I was just painting a picture of this and my, my mom sent me the answers in recently. And she said, you know, I said, what, what makes a successful life? And she was like having fresh flowers, right? Like a walk, my tea after exercise, mm-hmm. like just, yeah. the, she's like the most simple pleasures of life. And so that's the kind of the foundation that we can live from. Like, and, and she doesn't have a, you know, a bunch of money lying around or different things like that, but she is probably one of the happiest people that I know.
1: Have you, Oh man, I wish I had this in front of me right now, but I, have you heard that, um, that fisherman story?
0: Yes, I have. Yeah. yeah I love um, that. We yes. can kind of butch it.
1: Yeah, butcher it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> go ahead.
0: Well, it's like the, you know, the some some New Yorker comes down to like some Island yeah. to start going fishing in Florida, in or Florida, yeah. or it's, it's the Caribbean. It's not okay. going to be Florida, right? Well, I was There's a bunch of the Gulf coast. Thing, yeah. They're like in like, like some Caribbean Island and we're just kind of like not skyscrapers and stuff and Ferraris running around and the guy's out there and he's fishing and he comes back and this other guy comes back on a boat and he's caught like five or six of these called tunas or whatever he does that he caught. And he's going to the market and the guy's like, man, we weren't out there for an entire day. We didn't catch anything. How'd you catch all these fish by yourself? Blah, blah, blah. And the guy's like, well, I just, word fish, right? Whatever it comes down to. Yeah.
1: Well and also he said, how many fish did you catch? And oh I caught five or six. Well why didn't you catch any more? He's like, well this is all I need um for the next couple of days for my family. Yes. And he was and then and then this New Yorker is like, but if you actually um but if you had more bait and you stayed out a little bit longer and you could you know, get two or three times as much, and then you could sell it in the market. And then once you did that, then you could then hire some additional staff and then you could um, actually get another boat. And, you know, he had his whole entire business plan and he, and the fisherman said, well, how long is that going to take?
0: Well, actually and, you missed a point oh, part sorry. Before. before he did that. He said, you know, I, this is all I need for my family so I can go home and actually play the piano yep. and play the guitar, dance to my kids, be at the sunset and cook this fiesta deal starting at two o'clock or whatever yes, it was. Yes. Right.
1: Right. And he said, oh, and then he was like, you know, you could say how longer you yes. could do this thing. And he had this whole business plan for him. And take 10
0: years, you'd be able to sell this thing for yeah. like hundreds of millions yeah. of dollars.
1: Well, the, right. The fisherman asked, yeah. well, how long is it going to take? And he said about 10 to 20 years. Yes. And, and then the fisherman said, well, then what would I, then what would I do after the 10 to 20 years? And then the New Yorker said,
0: you can play with dance with your kids. You can watch the sunset. You can play the guitar with them. The same exact things that he had he just said that he was doing, already doing,
1: right? And so he's like, "Okay, yeah. well, I'm already living that life. Like, why am I going to wait twenty years?" Exactly. And that's it. That it life.
0: It's exactly right. And, yeah. and it was, it's a, it's a great story because that's how people think. They're like, "Okay, I'm going to get all this stuff. Then one day I'm going to play." That's why the work life play the whole thing that happens the, and with all that too as well. So again, money is a great tool, but if you're if you're if you're going after money for the wrong, for at least for me, this is my self talk in this episode. Right? Is you're going after money for anything other than the fact that it's a tool or responsibility um, and you're, and you're doing it from like, I need money to feel better about who I am, Mm -hmm. then you'll never win that game. And so it doesn't matter if you're there, you say, oh shit, I'm done. No, that's not true. Just have awareness. That's the first step in any of these things. Any of the teachings that you have, life is just pushing you around. At some point, you're just going to be your last moment. And I promise you, you're not going to say, how much money did I keep? Or how much did I do different things, right? Um, So money is just one of those funny things. People don't want to spend it. Like People have tons of money, and they don't want to spend any of that. Some people have no money, and they're spending all of it. And there's everything in between. So money is just this funny concept that we have. And People just realize it's just a wonderful tool. I mean, Jesus Christ didn't walk around with Tons of money, right? Mother Teresa didn't. There were a whole bunch of people that were really famous that-
1: Who were and, really made a huge impact on the world. Huge
0: impact on the world. They didn't care about money. Right. The Buddha, the Dalai Lama.
1: Yes. And then we can give you a million of examples of people who have a ton of money. Yes. Who have also made really great impacts on That's the world. That's exactly
0: right. Yeah. It makes no difference. Michael Singer says it the best all the time because he obviously built a business, but he hasn't changed his life at all. He's just like, you may be a billionaire, you may not. It makes no difference at all. Life does not care. You're the only one that cares because you're making it about you instead of making it about contribution. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't even like the word service anymore. He's like, does a tree think it's serving when it drops its apples?
1: What word does he use instead?
0: He just, I forget the word, you know, I knew you were going to say, I forget the word he uses. He just says that it's just, it's, it's just a Dharma. Big. Yeah. Like duty. Oh,
1: like, yeah. It's just like, oh, like yeah, just, like, serving, yeah it's it's just, just being, being. Mm,
0: and you're just interacting like a tree, just being by growing trees and dropping them. Right. It doesn't mean right. you don't use your mind and build businesses. We're not saying any of that, but that's, so for me, when we talk about money, right, that's the whole trees. concept. Yeah, <laughs> <we're> not. <laughs> that's the whole kind of concept of it. It's just, what does it mean to you? And, and maybe this can, you know, when you think about money, you can just stop for a second and say, what does it actually mean to me and how do I interact with money and how do I show, how am I showing up with money today?
1: Yeah. And actually the, all these four points to me that you were just talking about, um, have a lot for, this is how I interpret them is that it's like f- Find out, figure out who you are, yes, what's important to you, and then just do that,
0: yeah, yeah, I mean, and part of it, and just even the lower route from there is just how do i what what foundation what part of me wants to live life mm-hmm. right what what part of me wants to interact with the world
1: but is, but to me, that is like it just you wants to interact with the yes, world, yes exactly, yeah, and not, so not a part, like yeah. Well, what I
0: mean by the part is like there's the egoic part of you.
1: Oh, I see. Yeah. And then there's you. Right. I, I the, mean the you. Yes, The exactly. you wants to interact yes. with the world.
0: The ego wants everything and is never satisfied. That's yeah. why when you win, you never win. You win, you lose. Because it, as soon as you win, it wants more winning. Yes. The minute you have money, it wants more money. The minute you have a relationship, it wants more. The minute you have a nice coffee or tea, it wants more of it. Mm-hmm. It just never, it's never satisfied. So if you ever, if you're playing from the egoic side of the world, you're never going to be satisfied in your life for more than an hour, you buy a car, it's a brand new car. Then all of a sudden, two weeks later, you're not satisfied anymore. Now you need a new car, you need a new color. Somebody else has had a better color, right? All these things. Somebody got a better job. I got this amazing job. And one of your friends got a better job. Now I need a better job. <laughs> if you operate life from <laughs> yeah. that egoic place, you're never, ever, ever going to be content. And then you're never going to be able to experience life because you're listening to that egoic part of you. That's what I mean by the part of you. So birth, life, and death, right? No limits, no regrets. What does it mean to be selfish, Right. And then money what does that mean to you and again we kind of put the theme through all of this and so you guys you know take it for what it is listen to this maybe you put some of this into your life Um, but I would just in anything when if you've made it this far thank you (laughs) I would just pause and just do some reflection after you've listened to this maybe you grab 30 minutes or 15 minutes and you just write down what did I what did, forget about what it's not to me it's not important if you actually believe me Mm -hmm. what all I care about is it did it cause you to think differently about your life
1: yeah. And that's the whole
0: point of this episode.
1: Yeah, and this is just to the listeners out there, if they wanted to email us, I'd be super curious to hear from people who are younger than 40 about either what resonated with them or, or what made maybe made them stop and think differently and what they could implement in their life. But really, I'm super interested to hear from people who are older, um, maybe some of the stuff that they wish they had known sooner
0: yeah.
1: or um, or even just what their lessons are. Yeah. I think there's so much we can learn from from everyone.
0: We'd love to hear from you guys. Thanks for listening today. Hey everybody, thank you for joining us today. We are an entrepreneurship company, which means that we are always in growth mode. And what does that mean, Hallie?
1: We are always looking for and hiring great talent.
0: Yes, we are. So here at Adam Herken with our companies, we believe in creating a world large enough where no one ever has to leave. Whether that means becoming a realtor, transitioning to another position or organization, or growing into a C-level leadership position, the opportunities are available to those who prove themselves and are driven to grow and contribute to our organization. You can find all of our job listings on our website at adamhergenrother.com forward slash careers. Come join our team and develop yourself through business.